All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 184 now of the Ron and Don Show. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios. And don't forget, Les Schwab is doing something really cool, you guys. You can be a part of something bigger than yourself by socially distancing. It is so important right now because food and shelter right now for a lot of people is not an automatic this time of year. There are a lot of people that are suffering is the economy is crashing in certain parts of our state, especially. And the cool thing that Les Schwab does every year is they do a food drive and they help fill the bins of over 300 food shelters across the region. Yes, right? take a, a canned food item and take it to Les Schwab. You don't even have to get out of your car if you don't want to. The guys will come out and get it. Uh, so when you're at the grocery store, remember to do that. Most of you probably drive by a Les Schwab when you're going to the grocery store. So when you're out and about doing that, make sure you stop by Les Schwab. Tell them Ron and Don sent you. And we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Don't forget also, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you're ready to sit down with us, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. And if you need one of our new buyers or sellers, guys, just write Ron, ron at windermere.com. And uh, we'll get one of those in your hot little hands. Hey, coming up, uh, Jeffrey Tubin. This is kind of, well, with a name like Tubin, you know that this is about to happen. Anyway. He's in some trouble, or maybe he's not in trouble. He just announced his own firing. Will CNN now fire him? Or maybe he'll fire himself. He did something very bizarre. And if you don't know who Jeffrey Tubin is, uh, he's one of the smartest guys in the room. He's written this incredible book. In fact, he's written nine books, one on the Supreme Court that I read. That was fascinating. Well, you're not going to believe what he got fired for, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Also, uh, my son asked me a question each and every day. And so I'm going to ask the question. Every day, he asked me this question. I feel like I've answered it. And he asked me the question again. I'm going to see if I can get him in here to ask you the question. All right, let's do it. And I'm going to see uh, what your answer will be. We'll do that before we get out of here and we're done with episode 184. Hey, uh, there's an article out today. It's called Shameless on Vacation. It talks about people our age, younger, fairly good health, that early on during the pandemic, they were like, hey, You know, everybody should have a mask on. Everybody needs to socially distance. I'm not going to the store. I'm wiping everything down. They get six months down the road. They haven't traveled. And they're like, F it. I'm going to Cancun, right? So now everybody is traveling down to Cancun or people are traveling to Cancun and then they're traveling other places. Uh, People are hobnobbing right now around Europe during COVID-19. You're a big traveler. In fact, you got your traveling hat on right now. What do you think about this article that we read today that's called Shameless on Vacation? It's a lot of people, especially younger people, that early on took the pandemic very seriously. And even though the pandemic is surging right now, not just around America, but around the world, uh, it seems like this is a really good time to travel. No one's staying at these hotels. No one's hanging out on the beach. Airfare is pretty darn cheap. I don't want mind wearing a mask for 10 hours. I'll just take a sleeping pill and go to sleep. What is your take on this? And also, have you thought about doing this? Uh, to answer the second part first, absolutely. You see incredible deals right now. I think people forget. And let me just say this first before I talk about what, what I think about the article. I think if you live in in Seattle and environs and we're in this economy, we forget how many people are attached to the tourist economy. 
when you think and, and you go to other parts of the world, other parts of the United States, it is incredible. There is millions and millions and millions of jobs. When you think about restaurants and hotels and custodial workers and repair workers, and when you think about things like ski resorts, uh, even taxis, Ubers, uh, airlines, all the concessions involved in these, the ripple effect of the, of the travel industry is absolutely gigantic. And especially when it involves, it circles around events. So when you and I lived in New Orleans and you would have Jazz Fest, that represented a giant chunk of the economy for the entire city of New Orleans because everybody comes there and not just attends the concerts, but they also go to the, all the restaurants and they go to Bourbon Street and they go to the French Quarter and they go down and they go on an alligator trip and they take a boat ride somewhere. I mean, it is incredible how this is all attached. So I think it's easy to sit back in an ivory tower and to poo-poo this. I think it can be done responsibly. I have a very good friend that just went on a diving trip uh, down in Mexico and I was talking with her about it. She she went down, she got a COVID test, and the COVID test came back negative within uh, 48 hours of her trip. Hmm. And, and then she went down, had an amazing time down there, and was very safe when she was uh, doing all of this stuff and did some uh, great dives. And I, I don't have a problem with that. And I read this article, and I think you can do this responsibly. I think if, if, if we were in a job where Ike was a, a digital nomad, is what they're calling it, uh, where you can do your job responsibilities anywhere there's an internet connection, I would absolutely consider doing this. Uh, because what is the downside of being, if you are here in Seattle, and I still go out on walks, I'll walk through downtown Seattle with a mask on. If I was a digital nomad, what is the difference of me being as conscientious as I am here, being a digital nomad in Barcelona or in Lisbon, Portugal, or in, you know, name a city, Paris, France? What, couldn't I walk through the streets of Paris with a mask on and buy a baguette and a coffee the same way I buy a coffee at my local coffee shop here? I know that you go to Starbucks right on the hill over here. Uh, you could do that in Paris and, and have a mask on. So I don't think it's irresponsible to do this. And I think you are spreading American dollars around the world. If I could have gone to Italy this year with my brother, I would have done it. And I would have worn a mask and I would have, if I had to wear gloves, I would have done that. And, and so I, I don't have a problem with this. I think people, um, if you're doing it irresponsibly, I think that's a different story. What's irresponsible? Uh, I think if you are traveling and you don't get tested, if you are going to be like people are, are pushing back against Kim Kardashian had a big party where she flew everybody in. I don't know what their testing protocol was, but they're saying, Oh, everybody's not masked and you're taking all these pictures. A big part of the story was saying, maybe don't flaunt it. You know, maybe don't uh, post up on your Instagram every 15 minutes. So you're creating this envy maybe with your friend group of like, look at me and here I am. And I did this and look at this tropical shot. I think that could be part of the irresponsibility. I think if you're an, in a known risk group and you're uh, traveling and you're not doing safety protocols, that that could be a, a big thing. And, and also I think being sensitive to other people don't have the same wealth or opportunity that you might have. I think that's being insensitive. If you're like, Hey, I'm a digital nomad. I get paid well. I can afford this and screw everybody. If that's your attitude, I think that's irresponsible. Yeah, it's interesting. I had one of my clients stay in one of my Airbnbs. He lived in New York. He had COVID. Uh, he left New York. He came to Seattle. His family's here. And every time I saw him, he had a mask on. And I said, if you've already had COVID, why do you have a mask on? 
And he said, you know what? I do it just because I want other people to feel comfortable when I'm around. And so he's like, even with my family, when he and I would talk, we'd socially distance, we'd stand outside and, and, and cause I got to know him. He was fast. He was a, uh, a lawyer and, uh, he came and stayed at one of my places for a number of months over the summer. And I really appreciated that about him. I really appreciated the sensibility of, Hey, I've had COVID. I lived in New York. I'm here in Seattle now. And I just want to send a message out with everyone else that, Hey, if we love each other, if we care about each other, it seems like these masks are helping. And so I want to send a message out to other people that, Hey, it's safe to be around me. It's safe for us to have conversations, safe for us to talk. Cause if somebody sees me and they don't know I've had COVID cause he had the antibody test and he has those antibodies. And the other thing that he did, and our friend Jim did this too, we used to work with at the radio station. Uh, both those guys turned around and they kind of dedicated their bloodstreams to science. They donated to plasma. Yeah. Do you have problems with these people traveling? You know, it, 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 it really depends. I don't have problems with a lot of people doing a lot of things because I have so many of my own things <laughs> that I'm trying to figure out. You are a problem child, that's yeah, for sure. So I, I don't. I do, so, so, so that's not difficulty. That's, that's not difficult for me. But I do think about the people that are working down in Cancun, for instance. And if Americans don't go down there this time of year, or I think about uh, one of my business partners, Joe. He has not. The last time he was in Hawaii, I was with him. We were in Maui in February. And we were flying back on the plane. I remember reading articles about COVID-19 and I was looking at him and I was like, Hey, I don't know if we're coming back to Hawaii anytime soon. He's going back to his home in Hawaii for the first time, uh, coming up next Wednesday. He'll travel there for the first time, but think about, uh, he's part owner of a restaurant there. It's right on the beach. And they say that restaurant may never open again, never open. And if I told you the name and you'd been to Maui, you would know this restaurant, that restaurant may never open again which is such a shame because i got to eat for free because i'm <laughs> one of the owners and i can't believe it's not gonna open anyway <sighs> yeah i think everything we do as long as we do it with respect as long as we do it with love for each other and we model this stuff for our kids uh, i think we should be in pretty good shape so hey uh coming up on the ron and don show we're coming back Let's talk about Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, he's a guy we've interviewed before in terrestrial radio, and it looks like he just lost his job because he was doing a little ha 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 during a Zoom call. <laughs> he actually had two calls going. On uh, one of those calls, uh, he was talking to his colleagues. Another one of those calls, he was not talking to one of his colleagues. We'll talk about that on the other side of this. When it comes to your real estate journey, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Dan Martin. Hi, I'm Terry Detmer. Hey, I'm Connor. My son wanted to get out of Pullman. I thought, well, let's start looking in Seattle. And we don't know anybody in Seattle. And I kind of I had grown to, to trust the image of Ron and Don, you know, doing their, their advocacy for all the charities and stuff that they do. And I thought, well, they seem like good guys. Let's go for it. I sent a message in their little portal. Got a message back within about five minutes from Don, and he set up a phone conference for about a half hour later, and both he and Ron were on the phone conference talking to me exactly what we wanted and what price range and what neighborhoods, and about two days later, we were out touring houses with him. So I was impressed with how quickly they got on it for us, and they were always responded immediately anytime I contacted them. So I've got two Alaskan Malamutes. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for and being that it was a house for me. 
and the dogs that they zeroed in on fenced yard, basement access if possible. It felt really good knowing that they were looking for what I was looking for or what we were looking for. And the other thing is we were live on the other side of the water and so we were having to take a ferry over. They were very cognizant of that and they didn't want us to waste ferry trips. There were houses we were interested in they would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. We looked at our figures and looked at, at stuff. We thought, okay, we can afford to offer this amount. And we were way low. So when it came to this one, Ron and Don said, if we go in hot with a decent offer, and he learned that this house had an offer on it. He said, if we go in at this amount, we think we can we think we can jump ahead and have people close before uh, they intended to. And sure enough, it worked out. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. We wouldn't have gotten this house if they hadn't shown the energy and I guess using their skills and everything to make it happen, it wouldn't have happened. We would have still been looking around and every weekend being underbid. And they seemed personally interested in the houses we would tour. I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. It, they seemed very enthused for uh, you know a deal to get done and for us to be successful. And that felt really good. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward. And uh, no, everything's great. Uh, you know, I definitely would recommend that. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, episode 184, rolling on. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios. And uh, don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. If you need us, just reach out and we'll sit down with you. We do something called Ron and Don Sit Down. Just go to ronanddonsitdown.com and you can schedule a time to sit down with us virtually uh, today. Jeffrey Tubin, someone we interviewed before. He had a book came, that came out on the Supreme Court. He's written nine books. He also wrote the one on OJ, the, the fame that was turned into a miniseries. Yeah. That, was, that was Jeffrey Tubin. Made a lot of money uh, off that particular book. And also he was one of the producers uh, on that particular miniseries. Anyway, he's worked for CNN, the New Yorker for a long time. He was on a Zoom call the other day. And then we hear uh, something happened on that Zoom call. And I didn't understand quite what happened. I haven't gone out and looked at the pictures or looked for the video because I just don't do that. He thought his camera was off and his camera was not off. Well, it wasn't off. And what happened is he got together with some people from The New Yorker. Uh, they do a radio show. They do some other things online. They were in the, what he thought was a breakout room. And he was talking with some of his colleagues. And then he got on another call where he's talking with someone that wasn't one of his colleagues. And it seems like it was, well, it wasn't his wife. It was it was somebody that he was having a very interesting talk with about, well, you can imagine what they were talking about. And it was an uh, adult nature. We can just say that. And then he started to do something that... He didn't realize the camera was on. Yeah. So he started doing that. Evidently, it was on. The colleagues saw this. And then the New Yorker said, well, we have to do an investigation. So they did an investigation. He called CNN and said, hey, I'm not going to be in. Uh, and shared with them whatever he shared with them. CNN has still not fired him. 
But the New Yorker uh, fired him yesterday. The reason we know that he was fired is because he went out on his own Twitter page and he beat the New Yorker to the punch. He beat everybody else out there to the punch because he wanted to let people know that he got fired. He said he'll miss his colleagues. There's some great writers there. He'll continue to read some of their writing. And he was kind of he was kind of really positive about yeah. it, which I thought was really interesting. A really interesting tag. He, he was he didn't deny it. He didn't say he didn't do it. He said, I apologize to my colleagues. I apologize to my wife, my kids, my friends. Uh, and anyway, some great writers there, and I'll continue to read uh, what they write. CNN still has made no announcements here, so we'll have to see how that works out. But I thought it was really interesting uh, that he took his own story and he went out and he shared it before Especially any- on Twitter because the comments in that that thread it just you can imagine where they went within two seconds. Yeah, and and some people say said this. I read some of the analysis. They said you know he's such an egomaniac uh, that he wanted to con- not only control this story, but then he wanted to get the credit for the story and he wanted to create more followers. Uh, and we've seen this happen with the president. The president is up close. The president, by the time he leaves the White House, he'll have close to 100 million followers. Just this election cycle, he's added 11 million people uh, to Twitter. He is The president was responsible for 60% of the conversations that were happening on Twitter during the election cycle. That's really incredible. And that's one of the reasons why they haven't banned him from Twitter. He's pretty important to their platform and probably will uh, continue uh, to be so. Was that kind of surprising to you that Jeffrey Tubin, <laughs> anyway, that Jeffrey Tubin kind of did it this way? Well, let me just say first, I don't care what people do on their private video chats. I really don't. Right. So Jeffrey Tubin is an incredible legal analyst. He's an incredibly smart guy. I, I like his analysis of, of legal proceedings. And whether or not he, he knew that the camera was on or off, uh, we were in a Zoom call today where you had trouble turning your microphone on and off. I, I've seen people that can't turn their, their video on and off. So that's a thing that happens. I'm not giving him a pass on that. Obviously, he probably shouldn't have been trying to multitask in that way. So, uh, you know, not a smart thing to do for a guy that's that smart. Now, setting that aside, um, getting out there in front of the story, I guess I could see it both ways because it doesn't appear like it's a it's a me too situation. It doesn't appear like it was something where he it was a subordinate or it was someone that, you know, there was a power differential there. It just seems like a guy that did a stupid thing. And that doesn't mean he's still not a brilliant lawyer. Doesn't mean he's not a good writer. Doesn't mean he's not able to analyze a case well uh, when you ask him to talk about it. So I think those two things are separate. Hmm. Um, the the fact that the New York, uh, they're justified to fire him because it happened in their meeting. Hmm. And so you could have had uh, an employee that went to them and said, listen, I just saw a thing with a colleague that's very disturbing and you guys need to act on that. That's completely fair. The CNN people weren't in that meeting. So they're hearing about it secondhand. So the the, the New Yorker thing makes sense to me. Secondhand. Uh, um, so to speak. <laughs> so like insert your own joke here. But like I don't think Jeffrey Tubin's career should be ended for this. You know, I actually the other day it reminded me of 
uh, Charlie Rose. And I just sort of went, what's Charlie Rose doing nowadays? Mm. Like, it's a totally different situation that his career was completely taken away from him. And it should be because he was preying on people. Matt Lauer, his career should be taken away from him. Harvey Weinstein, all of those folks were, were using the workplace to prey on people. It doesn't appear to me like that's the Jeffrey Tubin story. It's guy that was stupid. Uh, and who knows the, the mixture of stuff that went into why he did what he did. But um, I don't know. What do you think should, of how it rolled out? Well, I, I like that he did that. You, you know what bothered me? You like that he did which part? Well, I, when our story came out in the Seattle Times that we were no longer going to be on Trusted Radio, and it was, it was some kind of mystery. And if you want to know what happened, just go back to listen to episode one, uh, and we explain what happened, everything that happened in episode one. There were people, though, that were near and dear to my heart that took that story. And in fact, one of our old ex-producers who's down in California, she didn't call me. She didn't text me. She didn't reach out. She took that story from the Seattle Times because the Seattle Times didn't explain what happened in terrestrial radio. And this is why the whole Me Too movement was going on. And we weren't Me Tooed. But the way that she framed the story and the way that she shared the story, I could tell that she was going after social media clicks. I could tell that she was doing that. And that pissed me off. And I haven't talked to her since. Uh, It really made me mad because it's like, you're going to take my story. I've invested a lot of time and energy in you as a journalist. I have been shoulders for you to stand on. One of the reasons you're in California doing what you're doing is because what you did on our show And then you would do that. You would do that. Uh, There was one of our old producers after that that was on our show that did a very similar thing. And they were just going for social media clicks off of my story and our story. Instead of reaching out and saying, hey, you doing okay? Hey, you doing all right? Hey, what's happening? You you, you took that story and you went after clicks. I love the fact that he said, you know what? I'm going to take control of my story. And I'm going to go get my own clicks. And that's and boy, exactly he did not edit the comments. <laughs> and he knew that was coming. He, knew he was, was smart coming. enough to know that was coming. He knew, it, he knew it was coming. So anyway. All right. Uh, he's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for listening, you guys. We're going to be back in 30 seconds. My son asked me a question every day. I'm going to see if I can get him to come in here because he's doing some homework next door. I'm going to see if I can get him to come into the Les Schwab studios and ask us all the questions. because It's a really important question. We'll ask uh, Ron this question, Mr. Ron, this question next right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of the Ron and Don Nation. Subscribe to the Nation News at ronanddonsitdown.com. A behind-the-scenes look at everything Ron and Don. All right, you guys, here we go. The final episode, uh, the final segment of this episode, 184. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Uh, The voice of the Ron and Don Show is here. And every day he asks me a question hmm. and I feel like it, I are we answer- having pizza tonight? What's that? Is it, are, are we having pizza? Tonight? No, no guessing either. He asks me a question every day and then I feel like I always answer the question wrong. Cause then he, then he questions my answer. And then the very next day, and it's usually when we're rolling around in the car, he will ask me the, the same question. It seems like there shouldn't be a right or wrong answer, but I feel chastised by him. All right. And I don't, what is do you, the question? Do you know what chastised means, Bubba? No. You don't know. Anyway, are you ready for the question? Sure. Okay. Hey, who the question? Ask Mr. Ron the question that you, that you ask me every day, and, and then I want you to stick around for a moment because we're going to grade his answer. Okay? Yeah. All right. 
Step, step right over here so you can. What is right the over. question? Um, which is your favorite superhero? What's my favorite superhero? Ha! That's it's not. It's not it, it, and it's not from. Yeah, which one would you be? But not ones from DC Comics, just from Marvel. Oh, wow. Uh, well, so I didn't know there was a parameters on this. Let me think. There's lots of TV. So, so my, my initial thing, I think, I think most people my age would go Superman. Is that, am I in the right? Uh, no, that's from DC Comics, not oh, Marvel. Oh, man. Wrong. What about Batman? Is Batman DC? Yeah. So Marvel. Okay, so is Thor in, in, in the right family? Yeah. All right. What about Incredible Hulk? Yeah, he's a Marvel too. All right, so I I think uh, Captain America. Yeah. <sighs> and Iron Man and a couple others. I would probably see. I was gonna go Batman, but since Batman's off the table, I think the the equivalent to Batman in the other universe is Iron Man, because you get to have a lot of money, you get to have a lot of toys. And you get to have a big house. Uh, and so I think, and you're not really a superhero. You just have lots of cool stuff. So I think I'm going with Iron Man. Um, well, I think you chose that. And because it's the last thing I said. <laughs> well, I was going to say Thor, but I actually don't know enough about Thor. Yeah. I know that he's got the hammer uh and he's a good-looking guy, so like that's that's pretty cool. But uh that, don't you think that Batman and Iron Man are kind of the similar type of people though? They're the similar type of people, but what I meant is like there's superpowers, not at all like the type of people like yeah mm. they're both millionaires but i mean like their powers yeah because they don't really have any powers all right if we're going with just powers uh See, you thought you thought this would be easy and it's not well because he took a whole my whole universe out of there well what you're going to find out is there's no right answer here because any answer you give he's going to question it and it's well, going to make it's, you feel like 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 it's the is, wrong is uh wonder woman in no, the, that's from DC Comics. Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Who's the the Wonder Woman of, of Marvel? Um, what do you mean? Is there a like a female superhero that flies around? Uh I yeah, there's Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel's a a, a guy. It's a girl. Is it? Okay. And I'm Captain Marvel. See? I, I don't know the 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 the, the universe is all that well. well. You, so so you tell us who's your favorite. Who uh, would you want to be? Who's your favorite uh, superhero and why? I really like Iron Man, but also I really like Spider Man. I like Iron Man because I honestly it's just cool that he can fly around. I mean, and shoot laser beams from his hands. Yeah. I mean, that's like. Crazy. And Did you say Iron Man because I said Iron Man? No, that it's really my favorite one. And I really like Spider-Man also because I think it'd just be cool to be able to like trap bad guys with things coming from your hands, like just by 
pressing down your fingers. So it seems like the key to you right now is if you can shoot stuff out of your hands, lasers and or spider webs. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool shooting stuff I, out of your hands. I, I agree. I wish I could shoot stuff out of my hands. Yeah, whatever you do, don't pick Batgirl. I got big, big trouble. Batgirl's uh, Batgirl. in the wrong universe. I didn't know. Well, now you know. I, I, I don't know the difference between DC and Marvel and everything else. And we just started watching. I just started watching the Marvel films with him. You're basically watching a video game for like two and a half hours. Yeah, it's another good good scripts. It's a video. So game. Thor's pretty cool though. I like Thor. I he I don't like him because well you know what that's why we are different people. Well, because he was married to the gal that sang Malibu, Miley Miley Cyrus. He broke her heart, and I didn't like that. I think it's the other way around. But the, at the same time, I love during the Malibu fires that he went out and he saved nine dogs. And I'm like, you know what? That's what Thor should do. Instead of walking around with this goofy hammer uh, that no one can pick up, except in the last movie we saw that someone could crush it, go say some dogs, Thor. Spoiler alert. What? You got to say spoiler alert when you're giving out spoilers. Like, how old was that we watched last night? How old was that film? It was in 2017. It's called Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, there you go. But maybe maybe people haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Anyway, time to go. Uh, Tell everybody... Repeat after me. Thanks for listening to what episode 184. Thank you for listening to episode 184. My dad is awesome. My dad's not awesome. Oh, Mr. Ron is awesome. Mr. Ron is awesome. Some, right. Sometimes. How about that? You're awesome and I'm not awesome. Well, that's because you're his dad. Anyway, uh, we'll see you for episode 185. We'll see you for episode 185. It's the Ron and Don Show. It's the Ron and Don Show. Keep your head up. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. Only. And we'll see you next time only on the Ron and Don Radio. Yeah. You mean only. Only. Thank you. Love you. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Only on the Ron and Don Radio. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>